I don't know what is the deal with me. There's like a, a like some. So I think I represent the rebellious one. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that you know said no to production and then didn't let it define me. I went and did my own thing anyway. And yeah. then yeah. I came back and I broke all the rules. I did the shows they didn't want me to do. I talked about the stuff they said you can't. I I went up against the people they said you should never do, say anything to. Like, I just said, no, oh, I'm a re- rebel. I'm a Bravo celebrity rebel. <laughs> Hi, Ivory Tower Boiler Room listeners, community. This is so special because... I don't always deliver a pop culture gossipy episode, and I usually am not drinking rosé, so you know something is about to happen. I first need to put on my sunglasses because um, my eyes are kind of hurting me. Um, So I am joined with the one and only Dana Wilkie. Hi, Dana. Hey, Andrew. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I mean... (laughs) Are you curious how much my sunglasses are? Yes, I am. Please okay. do tell me. Okay. Go ahead. $10. I'm waiting. $10. $10. Do you have to say, did you know? Well, did you know $10? <laughs> you have to Dana. say, did you know $10? <laughs> and the reason, well, Dana Wilkie, I need to just say, she is such a gossip analyst, scholar, Coming from the university world, Dana, I really think that you are a prominent pop culture analyst. You have made it as a pop culture scholar. So I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) Well, I am just so excited because I know we're not going to, the majority of the interview is going to be about dishing drama, Dana, which is Dana's podcast, Patreon. I know you're, you're going to plug and get into it, but I have your voice running on a loop from all of this beginning seasons of Beverly Hills. I think I've analyzed every time you're on a Beverly Hills show to the point of knowing ev- what your facial expression looks like. Um, so I, I really appreciate you know, like I always say, it's not quantity, it's quality, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, yes. And if those listening want to, and they should, um, definitely go to Dishing Drama Dana, the beginning of your podcast. Like I had never heard the first few episodes and I got through about three before our uh, interview time. And your first episode is hilarious, Dana, with your sister. Yes, a lot of, um, I always tell the people in the Patreon that I write the episodes in mind that I don't want them to become outdated very easily. So I want people, uh, when they get in there, if they want to, to start from the very beginning and go all the way up to, I think we're on episode, you know, 70, um, and pretty close on the confessional videos and the other things to about the same number. And I want them to like discover like, oh, wow. Episode one is, for example, about, you know, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season one, two and three, which a lot of people believe are the best seasons mm-hmm. of that franchise, you know, uh, 
the beginning season. Some people say that's what, because it was the beginning. Other people think it was the cast chemistry. Other people believe that it was the, you know, it was like so authentic because it really was the way everybody was like, it wasn't, there was no like trying to be cool or trying to attract the Bravo audience. It was just, it was what it was, you know? Um, Like when I used to leave brands on my clothes, I like literally what, like my, you know, all the housewives used to make fun of me because who is that like money penny or whatever back. I'm like 50 years ago. She used to always in these ads wear like a hat with a price tag hanging down. (laughs) I think her name is like money. Like this is way, way, way before you were ever born, but like the housewives, my friends are, you know, 50 to 70 years old now, right? Like Lisa Vanderpump and, and people would say, uh, you know, make fun of me. And they'd say, I can't like, why do you leave your brands on? I think they were trying to shade me. Like I was going to return them or whatever. <laughs> well, a lot of the housewives do return clothes, Dana, don't they? I, well, I now th- I guess they do. Um, but back when I did it, it was truly because I'm a very discombobulated person. And I just, you know, I don't know whose bright idea was to put price tags on the back of your shirt. But like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, when you have a lot of shirts, you put them on, you forget to take the tag off. And then you don't know because it's behind you. Yeah, well, and... You say discombobulated, but I say you're so empathetic, Dana, like it comes through in your episodes or just I've been watching the Sarah Jane Warner. I know you you and Sarah saw me with your uh, YouTube that you do for dishing drama, Dana. Everyone needs to see your reunion recaps with Sarah Jane Warner. They are so good. And that's a different thing, Andrew, actually. So just so everybody knows, I, I don't need to make this like a, an hour infomercial, but basically um, Dishing Drama, Dana Wilkie uh, is a podcast and, and there are free episodes of Dishing Drama, Dana Wilkie on all the different you know outlets that everybody can listen to them and they're marked free episode. Um, if you want to try any episode, there's 10 minutes always released free. The rest of the episodes that I do are only available on the Patreon. And what happened was over time, the Patreon developed more and more almost into my personal pop culture slash gossip Reddit. Mm -hmm. And so in there is like a treasure trove of, you know, the last, you know, 15 months, very Bravo oriented, Mm -hmm. um, best of the best you know, of the, uh, of receipts, let's say. So it's videos. It's sometimes videos that I'm doing on a topic, like, you know, recently a new cult has emerged that, um, is called, you know, uh, seven film entertainment allegedly, or, or seven film, I'm adding entertainment, but, um, they, you know, are attracting uh, dance social influencers, right? So I did a whole confessional video on that. Why? Because I think that's really so important to where we're standing in pop culture right now and understanding like a cult is emerging from social media. That's like really important to note. And, um, you know, analyzing, uh, you know, the Brian laundry interaction with the police and the 911 call. And when you really stop and study it, it's like 
really also so telling to where we are. You know, they were social media influencers, which is why it became a phenomena. But like, if you watch those videos and listen to that call, it's, it's something very, very different. So I created the Patreon to try to make people stop for a second and yes, be laugh and get drunk and see my stupid, which I do a lot of on there, but also to really say, listen, take note of this receipt. This is like a really important thing. Don't let this just pass you by. Don't take just a tabloid or a newspaper's um, position on it. Look at it for yourself. And that's why I really created the Patreon um, because I wanted to learn a bunch of stuff, share it with a bunch of interesting people, and then collaborate around it or talk about it or brainstorm about it. And that's really what it is. It's a community of that. And I'm just creating entertainment content to get everybody engaged. Yeah. And you do such an exciting and I'm telling you, when I listen to anything or watch anything you do, Dana, it's like eating cotton candy, but with substance. Like <laughs> I, and and in all of the good ways, like I remember listening to one of your bonus audios on Patreon when I was driving from my parents in South Jersey back to where I am on Long Island. And it was thrilling. <laughs> like, whenever- I'm so glad. Well, you know, I work so hard at them. So, so I, what you were referring to before, which was my live was Sarah Jane Warner, mm-hmm. who, by the way, you guys, if you don't know who Sarah Jane Warner is, she appears in the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City season two. And she's the person that Whitney calls out on Real Housewives Salt Lake C- City season two, part two reunion yeah, as yeah. the person to call in regards to uh, Lisa saying Meredith was a slut. Okay. Yeah, yeah that and hot so, mic moment. Yeah. And I'm giving everyone all the wording so you guys can follow along if you don't watch the show. Okay. And go look it up later. Um, I try to do that. So like you can jump in, you know, if you're not in the know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so uh, I had reached out to Sarah Jane because I knew she was casting and she was in with the ladies. And, um, you know, I often will talk to a lot of the housewives like a therapist going through it because I am empathetic to their situation. And unlike a lot of the housewives um, on the show, I actually chose kind of a different route for myself. I realized when I was on the show, um, you know, I didn't, I chose my friendship over the show. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I will encounter some of the housewives that are struggling with this because you 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 know it is a shock to be on the show and it it's like really hard um i don't think the fans ever really get how hard it is and so um i'll sometimes talk to them and they'll say i don't know like if i could do this i don't know if i can be this dark you know like and pretend it's really me you know, and I feel the pressure and I, I want to be on the show, but like, I want to be me on the show and I'm getting that they don't want me. They want like an idea maybe, or an element of me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe to use, if it's okay, Dana, to use an anecdote from your own experience, like, cause you talk a lot about it at the beginning of your podcast yeah. Yeah. is, um, that it really seemed that you and Brandy Glanville 
were being pitted against each other, but it was almost this competition of who can tell the most lies or like who can create a spectacle. And I don't know. I mean, am I getting that right? Or was there a different dynamic to that? Well, the thing is the mean girl dynamic that you sense in season two is really the housewives, the, you know, from season one saying, you know, um, you know, in this competition that Evolution and Bravo put out, which was Brandy and I, who do you want to win? And in real life, the girls were friends with me and not Brandy. So that is why it appears like a mean girl club against Brandy. But in reality, in that season, what's really happening is the girls are trying to kind of produce me into a part because we were real friends and we were like, they were like, oh, it'd be so much better. And Brandy to be in all fairness to her is great TV, but she's cutthroat. Like mm -hmm. if you're married with a kid, she'll be like, you're cheating on your husband. Just say it. And even if that dynamic would cause you to break up your family, she doesn't care. Yeah. And she, you say, she really did it. She, she would do yeah. anything to be on the show. Yeah. And anything. you say like, this is a real relationship. Like, these women are married. Like that's that's not fake. That's not inauthentic. And I also remember you saying, especially during your game night that you hosted. Um, I mean, I can, I will have the image of you during game night, Dana, seared <laughs> into my memory because my shocked face. Like, yeah. Well, I actually think your hands are on your face. Like, you can't yeah. even watch what's happening. Well, it was. It was. I had never. I did not watch season one, even though I'm on season one, I never watched it. Okay. Mm. Cause I was like, this is, this show is like, just silly. Like, I'm like, why would I watch this show? I don't know, I'm living this show. So then um, in season two, I wasn't equipped for what the show was. And, and the girls were very careful not to tell me the, the, the harder parts of the show at that time. Like they didn't go, you know, I, I even Taylor was my dear friend. She would say, well, last night was really rough. I mean, I don't know if what's happening with the show. It's so weird. You know, it's like they were fighting and it's like, but I didn't really get the level. Mm. <laughs> like I'm thinking like Beverly Hills luncheon, like, you know, like little shade here and there, like we do, but not like full blown, you know, throw the glass, you, screw you, bitch, you know, like crazy stuff. Like it just, you know, and it gets like more and more crazy as the seasons go on. It just was so strange. But um, so in that scene, I was really shocked because I'm like, what is happening now? I always say that had I, you know, by season three, if that had happened, I would have been, you know, I would have probably done a backhand spring in the middle of the living room and landed it perfectly and been like, stop it, you know, <laughs> everyone step aside, you know, because I would have gotten the, you know, forget authentics, forget it, be entertaining, call it a day. Brandy, Brandy, you know, she got the assignment, she delivered and, and I didn't, I really thought it was a show trying to be, you know, you were trying to be real. And so, you know, but what I did deliver uh, was humor, which mm -hmm. I was happy to do. I, I delivered authenticity, like, you know, all the weird shit I do that everyone thinks is so iconic now was because I was being true to myself. It was, you know, I, I was original in, in my small, uh, 
you know, influence that I gave that show, I was original because it was truly my weird, wacky way that I am. I wasn't trying to be cool or hip or like, oh, watch how, you know, neat my thing. I really had a chef. I really taught my baby to read it one. I was really that kind of a lunatic. I was that loony. Okay. Yeah, no, no, be- I love the baby genius moment. Like when you have, what, what were those papers that were laying out on your table, Dana, with your baby? I forget. I think I was showing like my, I was showing that John was modeling at that time, my, my son. And I was teaching her about babies can read because I was a big advocate about, uh, you know, babies doing repetitive memory learning. And I used to do it with everything, math. I did dots. I did child sign language. I did, um, what else did I do? Encyclopedia training, language training. I mean, I was, it was like ridiculous, but it was real, like 100%. Like I was like, I have one baby and I want him to, you know, I, I can give him so much of my energy. And the one thing I was so into was just, you know, developing your mind. I'm still into it. It's like what the patron is. Like I'm constantly asking people to think Mm -hmm. like for themselves, keep an open mind and think like, gosh, it's really important. (laughs) And, um, you know, and, and when I go on YouTube and I have a small channel on YouTube, it's uh, called Deca Dish Dana. That's free. It's just something I do additional. And, um, you know, I do like 10 minute gossip sessions or whatever it is that floats my boat. It changes, you know, I cover everything, anything that interests me, basically Mm -hmm. I cover And, um, you know, I guess when I'm in there on that, you know, the YouTube channel, my biggest thing is just let's like think, let's not just get fed a bunch of stuff and just accept it. Like, you know, and let's not also cancel people that you don't agree with. Like, that's how you evolve. You know, I'm in the old days like the Greeks and the Romans got together and fought in like in a room about things. And that's how some of the best ideas came from, you know, that I miss that. Like, I feel like I, at another time that would have really suited me. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, you're talking about critical reasoning, which is essential in our society and especially in pop culture. Like (laughs) you don't just grab that magazine at the grocery store and think, oh yeah, um, you know, Brad Pitt did such and such. That's true. Yeah. And I feel like there's a think tank that like you can, I mean, maybe I'm over intellectualizing it, but it's like, there could, you know, like I want people to have think tanks there. It doesn't have to be like a bunch of academics in a room having a think tank. Like it could be just like eight girls in college, but I just want them all to do it. You know, like, because it's really tells us so much about our culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? that's why you're here and I'm talking to you and we're <laughs> coming from different spaces. But, you know, like when I watch The Housewives, Dana, especially now, and this is why I love watching your recaps on um, YouTube, is I'm more interested in not the gossip, not the drama of what's happening in the show. Because to me, that's just soap opera. I'm more interested in like, what's actually the dynamic behind the scenes? Like, break that down. Like, how much do they get paid? Um, and all of those elements, not exactly who's feuding with who. 
at that Me too. Moment. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I know the dynamics of it, the emotional toll it's taking or the fight, you know, uh, how is it, you know, why I, I, I'm so with you. I, I, that's why I'm always looking for the truth. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm always doing the analysis. I don't, um, I want people to look at it and say, God, Dana, I watched that video and I saw something totally different than you, you know, I don't agree with that. And I'm like, huh. And I get like great ideas from things when people do that. I think it's so uh, amazing, you know, and all of that is, is what I study, as you know, and I try to give people all of that. There won't be many secrets left soon. I'll have to stop the Patreon. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm realizing I'm like, wow, we've uncovered that. I mean, even like for example, the last, you know, the lives that I did with Sarah Jane Warner. I mean, look at how much came out of that. Like it was almost a better reunion than the reunion with what was being discussed, you know, uh, with Sarah Jane, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. Well, and that you keep getting evoked in the housewife universe, Sarah Jane Warner's getting evoked, um, that, or I should say invoked. <laughs> um, but I know, Dana, you can relate to me like when we flop <laughs> yeah, our totally. words. Um, but that, you know, Teddy and Tamara are talking about you. Like your name is still always brought up as a touchstone. Yeah, I'm attacked like by a lot of people. Like I am literally, <laughs> I have been, I don't know what is the deal with me. There's like, a, uh, like some, so I think I represent the rebellious one. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that, you know, said no to production and then didn't let it define me. I went and did my own thing anyway. And yeah. Yeah. then I came back and I broke all the rules. I did the shows they didn't want me to do. I talked about the stuff they said you can't. I I went up against the people they said you should never do, say anything to. Like, I just said, no, oh, I'm a re- rebel. I'm a Bravo celebrity rebel. <laughs> exactly. You lived your authentic self and as always still do. And I can relate to that. When you take a stand and you're going to be who you are, it's almost, I can see that some of the housewives are using you as a warning. Like, well, look to Dana, like see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm so proud of, well, you don't need me to be proud of you, Dana, but I am. No, so- I, I want, Andrew, you're so important. Just like every single person, you know that I interact with like all like, oh yeah, all the people, you know, like that, that's everything. I don't care about Andy Cohen. I care about, <laughs> you guys. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is you are, I work for you. (laughs) Yeah. But you are so responsive to the the community, to your listeners. And what I love so much, Dana, is how, um, it shines through that you really are an open book. And like, even with Sarah Jane Warner to just because, um, I recently was listening to that reunion recap. There's a moment where you both are thinking about the LGBTQ plus community. And it was so heartwarming to hear how there was this evolution happening. I mean, are you comfortable speaking about that moment? Okay, hold on to that question because we'll be right back. But first, a word from our sponsor.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Sarah Jane? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I realized that, it, you know, for Sarah Jane, like so many people, she was thinking that, you know, we were talking about her religion and it had come up on Housewives. Um, she's a an active uh, Mormon and she's, you know, very, very pro-Mormon. Um, I am like, you know, again, a rebel. I have no <laughs> religion. I'm just like, I'll, you know, you know, do it, you know, believing in whatever I believe in um, at the time. Um, but I, she was trying to articulate that she supports the LGBTQ community and that the allegations that the Mormon church doesn't is false, that in fact, uh, they give money to the LGBTQ community and they do all these very supportive, you know, uh, actions, if you will. And I said to her, I really appreciate what you're trying to say, but I have now honed in and listening to you where the disconnect is, which Heather Gay is representing on the Salt Lake City as an inactive member of the Mormon church, which is um, your definition of support and Heather's are different, Mm -hmm. okay? And Heather's definition is more aligned with what I think is um, the correct approach in a sense, but I need to bridge it for you because I don't think you understand it. Mm -hmm. Because being LGBTQ, because my family, I have quite a few members that are uh, in that community is not a choice. It is not uh, about a sexual orientation. It is who you are. And you can't say that a church or anything is being supportive if there isn't a path in it for you. You can't, it's like me saying to you, Sarah Jane, you're born with blonde hair. So you can't really be in my church, but I'll give you money. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does that, no. So I asked her on that. To go back to her after the show, I said, you need to go and speak to the leadership in your Mormon church, and you need to make them understand this, that, that, that they can't alienate people that are, uh, that are they, who they are. Yeah. You know, like because they were born, you know, like I said, being born with blonde hair, it's like you can't, you've got to, you've got to, it's more than giving money and wow, go you and yay, everybody. And it's more than that. Yeah, well, that meant so much, Dana, because I mean, I've been out as gay since I was a freshman in high school. Now I'm 29. Um, Gosh, you're so bright for 29. Oh, I'm Dana. Oh, I'm <laughs> blushing here. Um, but it meant so much because I had those conversations. I especially remember, and they are so, they mean so well. And this is why I agree with you that if someone, their intention isn't to harm you, but they are expressing an ingrained belief, like what you're describing. Um, 
I remember I had a friend as an undergrad and she um, was Jehovah's Witness. And we were just chatting, having a nice time at a coffee shop in North Jersey. And I said, you know, I'm gay. I'm, I don't know, got into my life. And she said, oh, I have so many gay friends, but one of them doesn't want to be a Jehovah's Witness anymore because he thinks they are discriminating against him. But we love all LGBTQ people, but they just can't act on their inclination, right? So it kind of, that really related when that moment happened in your recap, Dana, because I've had those conversations. And, but- Yeah, but that, see, so that support, yeah. that isn't, that isn't a, the, the support- Mm-hmm. that's the difference. So support by being like, yeah, you be you, you do you, but not over here. Yeah. Right. Or, exactly. or here's some money. Thanks. That's not the support that we're, that we're looking for. Right. We're looking for, yeah. we're looking for, I'm born this way. Support. Exactly. And I lost a friend who I've always open, kept the door open. Cause that's who I am, Dana. Like the door is always open. I'm not going to delete you off the face of the earth because I don't believe in that unless, like I said, you've done something really egregious. But my one friend is now evangelical Christian. And um, she said she wouldn't come to my wedding if I married a man. And I said, wait, but you're my friend. You're not showing me understanding of who I am. Like, I don't know how we can continue this relationship. Um. But it's tough, right? It's tough when it's tough when the other person closes the door. But I do really think, Dana, like what you demonstrate is if you have an open ear, you usually can find a common ground. Or like you said, I love that term bridging. You can bridge. Well, that's it, because my goal at the end of the conversation actually wasn't to convert her to something that I believe or anything. It was to draw her attention to the fact that, that it falls short and mm -hmm. to please go to people within her organization to try to rectify this problem as an active Mormon influencer, to go and make them think of it different. Take a look at what they look like and go to that guy who's the head of the church and whatever he looks like, say, because you look like that and you were born that way, you can't really be in our church. Mm -hmm. That's no. the only way you're going to know what it's like. So I said, whatever he says, whatever he looks like, call mm -hmm. it out and be like, that means you can't be in and exactly. you're born that way. And he, when he says to you, but I can't unborn myself, then be like, Exactly. Exactly. Now fix your now fix your religion or, or or figure out the proper way to support. Exactly. Yeah. And something that I think you teach us, Dana, from the show, right? From the reality universe is that moment, and we don't have to relitigate it, uh, but there's this moment in the reunion in season two when I really understand what you meant by like you were living two separate lives do you remember that yeah about yeah. being when I was because I had been it poor mm -hmm. and then you know I went from being poor to being thrust into my father's world when my mom passed away yeah and I had to suddenly you know compete with some of the richest girls in New York and, and to be worth something. And it was all financial. 
Yeah. And, like, yeah. W- what was the school, the prep school you went to again in Manhattan? Nightingale Bamford. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I'm assuming that there were socialites and it was very global. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. I went to school with uh, Hope Perlman, Ronald Perlman's daughter, the Steuben Glass family, like, oh, it goes on and on. Um, but, you know, because I, uh, I, 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 my coming to terms with the fact that why was I so pretentious? Why was it so important to me? It was because I was trying to get self-worth from what I felt like gave it to me because uh, when I went to New York, that was what I was sort of thrown into. I was made to feel less than because I didn't come from what they were coming from. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even when you had wealth in that environment, it was like, well, it's not the right kind of wealth. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. like there, you know, I guess this ties back to our, our oddly, our earlier conversation, which is like, you know, is ever, is ever anything good enough for anyone really? (laughs) It's true. It's true. (laughs) Like, geez. Well, it's a whole new old money fight that like the great Gatsby epitomized. Yeah, Um, exactly. It's very destructive. I mean, it's very destructive. It's, you know, everything is about, uh, you know, it's so important to be inclusive. Exactly. Whenever you alienate anyone for any reason, even yeah. in like a bully in a class, it's dangerous. Exactly. It's really dangerous. And uh, if you, you know, study pop culture for that reason, if nothing else. No, so true. And I'm just curious because I know listening to all the interviews you do Dana (laughs) and like all of your content, like you've been really wanting to go to Salt Lake city. Have you gone yet to Salt Lake city? No, I I'm well, I mean, you know, I used to do the Sundance film festival, the movie premieres for like nine years in a row. So I, I, you know, I'm pretty familiar with, you know, uh, Utah and Salt Lake city. I've also gone to some weird Indian reservations and done like some weird, like, you know, take some peyote and trip out. And, you know, <laughs> well, I had a friend, no, I have a friend who's a professional musician and she would tell me about all these retreats, um, of peyote. So no, I, I, I yeah. mean, I didn't do it data cause I can't do that isolation cause her retreats, she couldn't even talk to anyone. You know, mine were really, uh, cool. They were like, yeah, no, you know, some are foofy, mm-hmm. you know, like rich people versions. And then yeah. some were like more hardcore, like all about the, I remember one retreat I did in Salt Lake city. Uh, we all went out in the uh, in like the mountain or whatever. And we had, we dressed up in wedding dresses and we married ourselves. <laughs> That's actually sounds really affirming. That's a self-empowerment it was totally exercise. Affirming. It was, uh, but I'm just telling you the wacky stuff. No, it's yeah. It's, I do. Okay, it's like, performance art in a way. I love it. Um, where we started, did you know 25,000 where we ended up in a wedding dress married to yourself in the mountain? Oh, I love it. But that's what I love about talking with you, Dana, is all these topics, it's the stream of consciousness conversation. Like, you know, so you have so many memories that you bring to bear to these questions. And like, the reason I asked about Salt Lake City is I actually went when I was a child and have such fond memories. Like it, it has such a, like when I was a child, I wasn't looking at it this way, but I know it has such 
a queer culture. Like it's actually very feminist. Like it is a very empowering city, um, which is intriguing to me because maybe that's why I love watching the Salt Lake City so much. Or maybe it's because I'll give my hot take. I am a huge Lisa Barlow fan. Like I just, I like watching her. I like watching Lisa Barlow. Okay, so talk to me about, I'm going to be now the interviewer. <laughs> Go ahead. You can, you can switch. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. So talk to me about what makes, like, what do you connect with, with Lisa Barlow's character? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's because I see tendencies of myself of, like, the bluntness or um, being from the Northeast. Um, I feel like I talk like Lisa Barlow sometimes. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think... I like the performance she's giving. Um, like I can tell she really um, wants to connect to each woman, but um, like I can see where the discord is happening. Like for some reason, there's just cohesion isn't working out like that, which I think makes a great show that, um, you could tell it from the beginning. Her and Meredith were friends for 10 years and season one, they're thick as thieves. And then, okay, surprise, surprise, they're falling out in season two. I mean, I'm not surprised. I just feel like that's the tragedy of their friendship in a storyline. Like where you no, surprised- no, no friendship survives. No. Housewives, you, and, I, I always yeah, you tell say the that. women. Yeah, yeah you I say, say that you, all the time. Yep. I say, just forget your friends that you had anyone who refers you to the show or whatever, just go on knowing that you, you can't do the show and be their friend. Yeah. I mean, also I'm biased, Dana, as we all are. I message the most with Lisa out of the housewives. Okay. So um, talk to me about that. Let's go spill it, sis. <laughs> okay. Well, have another sip of your rose. No, I shouldn't Andrew. have had the rose, Dana. This is why I don't do it. Um, yeah, but, baby. Um, well, a lot of the messaging, I think it's more that I connect to her when I message her because, um, like, she appreciates the fans a lot, and that means a lot to me that she or any person appreciates, like you said, appreciates who's watching and who's consuming the art. Um, and I guess I'm just biased. Like when someone doesn't respond to me, <laughs> I form my own opinion. I mean, I even have messaged Jen Shah. I mean, well, if it's Jen Shah or not, who knows? <laughs> but <laughs> so, you, so let me ask you a question about Lisa Barlow. What is the sure. most impactful thing she texted back to you of all the DMs? Oh my, um, I should have gone through and scrolled. But, well, I you think can, you that... can scroll and edit it out later. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> you know, I actually do remember, Dana. It's her entrepreneurial advice. That's what I'm most curious about. I mean, I'm trying to interview her, but not about a, the gossip. Like, I just want to know how she went from, like, Albany, New York area, um, which, you know, being in Manhattan, you know, Albany. Like, that's not, I mean, it's the capital, but it's not directly connected to the fashion and... Um, the arts and culture, but like going from there to then living in Manhattan to then she converted to Mormonism because of her parents, but she's raised Jewish. Um, well, I guess she wasn't raised Jewish. They were like secular, 
But then she goes to Brigham Young University. Then she becomes a um, like entrepreneur with her businesses. And I'm just curious about her past because it is really fascinating. And then how she got involved with Sundance. I'm still trying to piece all the narrative together. Yeah, I'm I'm perplexed about Sundance. Okay, so let me now, you know, full disclosure. Yeah. Okay, because I you know how I am. <laughs> <laughs> so Lisa Barlow, um, I think has um embraced becoming sort of a bit of a villain on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh I think the fans always really appreciate when someone does that because they know that they're kind of taking it for the team and they they're doing a great job at doing it. So they protect the person, right? Yeah. Um, I think Lisa Barlow is, um, I, 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 I find her character to be a little bit performed. Yeah. I don't believe her house depicts her. I don't believe she shows her relationship with her husband on camera. Like I do believe she shows an idea of her uh, children that she, you know, is true. Like she really believes in having her sons be entrepreneurial and keeping them. I do believe that's authentic. Yeah. Um, I, I find, um, I feel that she sets things in motion and is what I call the secret producer of the show, which means she's working with the producers to set up instances of things happening. And I believe that the women resent her for it because they, she has control a little bit of the storyline because of the ear that she has with production and vice versa. There is a secret resentment that occurs that you guys don't see with the cast members when that happens. Okay. Because I mean, you can almost shout them out in each show. Lisa Renna, Kyle Richards. I mean, I, you know, I could write mm -hmm. um, for a while, Bethany Frankel, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. so um, what I struggle with, with her is I don't really know that any of it's real, except maybe the kids. And uh, like the tequila company, when you look at the SEC filing, which I did, of course, <laughs> as part of my Patreon. No, that's what you do. That's there. why we go to you, Dana. You know, it's very, the tequila company is very cookie cutter in the way that she's approached the creation of it. She's using like plug and play vendors. Um, she was raising a very small amount of money, which to me was strange. Um, prior to, the, you know, the the tequila company, I had never heard of her in Sundance ever, nor had I heard of her tequila company. Mm. And I, given I stopped really doing the Sundance Film Festival, I think it was probably in 2000, I want to say maybe uh, 2010 maybe was my last year of doing it. Like maybe she came up after me, which I've always said is a possibility, but like, I don't know. To be the queen of Sundance, like I would have heard something. No, so I, I I hear you, Dana. I mean, um, I will say I have Fresh Wolf products. Um, well, did she send it to you? Because if so, you've been bought, and I can't trust your opinion. No, 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 no. I bought them. I bought them. Um, <laughs> uh, and I actually do enjoy. I'll find out if you didn't. 
<laughs> no, no. I enjoy the hair gel. Wouldn't that be great if I was like Lisa Barlow's spokesperson? Uh, no, listen. No, no, no. I will no, say. Jen Shaw sent uh, in the beginning of the season, um, of season one, Jen Shaw sent gift baskets to all the influencers to get them on side before the show aired. Yeah. I mean, what I will say is I haven't been able to get the Vita tequila, Dana. <laughs> Well, no one, no one. And that's another thing that's really strange is that her distribution is only with uh, that one, the wine store or whatever it is. And it's very limited and she doesn't give out bottles of it uh, very often. Now, why is that weird? Well, when you've worked in Sundance, like I have with people like Patron and the like that were huge sponsors of the Sundance Film Festival for years, you're used to them giving tequila away a lot you know, in kind to anybody of, you know, that's an influencer or, uh, you know, throwing an event that's high profile. I mean, you just, that's what you do. So again, it seems odd that the products held so tightly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just so Lisa doesn't turn on me. Well, she wouldn't turn on me. Um, She turned on me, honey, not you. (laughs) Now you know why everyone's coming for me, guys. No, no, no. (laughs) I will say that I can tell, especially from Sarah Jane Warner's conversation with you, Dana, that Lisa, if you have conflict with her, this is where, and I'm not sure how right accurate this is, but if you don't go along with her self-producing, like you using your words, Dana, um, mm. you're not beneficial to the show, like to her relationship in the show. Um, yeah, yeah. And then she might take you out. Yeah, yeah. And again, it kind of reminds me of what you said about Brandy and like the lies Brandy said. I mean, we don't, we're not going to talk about the bathroom, but let's just say yeah, Brandy right. in the bathroom. Spoke in the bathroom or Crystal, it was Crystal mess in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was like, oh, my God, if she did crystal meth in the bathroom, she'd still be in there today, like five years later, drawing a picture on a toilet paper. Yeah, well, and that scene, <laughs> um, like what is so intriguing to me, I know you said you're not going to recap the second season of Ultimate Girls Trip, but what's going to just intrigue me as a viewer of the entertainment value is the chaoticness of this cast, like from Brandy to Taylor to, um, oh my gosh, Jill Zarin um, to Dorinda. Like this is, it's going to be a hot mess, Dana. Oh, I know. I know. And I can't wait for you to tell me, tell me at all. I can't watch it because to me, um, it was, you know, it, it, how do I say it? I uh, the first one, the first season I did cover, I guess I'm bitter because the only season I would have ever considered doing was Ultimate Girls Trip season two, because mm. I have unfinished business with Taylor Armstrong, my friend from, you know, or my ex friend, I should say, from the first few seasons of Housewives of Beverly Hills. But also Brandy Glanville and I have you know, an open feud that we still had that would have is unfinished business. And so for me, like that would have been the only season I would have gone on. And now I don't like, I'm just not going to play it out off. Like, you know, like forget it. So I'm just going to forget that season and move on to the next one. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's a very good boundary. Yeah. Right. Learning about a boundary and wait, who did I say? Cause I know I sent you 
because Dana and I do message. Um, yes. But DM. yes, we DM that Taylor Armstrong. She was just interviewed by a podcast. Oh my gosh. I'm going to probably forget who, but um, that, oh yes, yes. That she mentioned someone, the um, host said, oh, what's going on with Dana Wilkie? And she's like, well, I think she was in Miami when I last heard from her, but, and then just like moved on to another um, response. It was like. Yeah, no, it, it was yeah. like, so basically what I don't know for sure, but what I think happened is somehow before Shaw Shocker on Hulu and before mm-hmm. Housewife and the Hustler on Hulu, uh, I somehow was blacklisted. Uh, by Andy Cohen. And I don't know what, uh, you know, there's been different speculation that it was like a story he was told about me or something. Mm -hmm. It may have been even Taylor who told him the story. I don't know. But I was like sabotaged in some way with him in a really deep way. And I don't know to this day what it is. Um, But what I can say is that um, Taylor has repeatedly Uh, And Bravo has repeatedly tried to wipe me from the history of the show. And in fact, the fans are the only ones that say no, like no matter what they do, you know, and it's not even like I was off off social media for like eight years and like they just didn't let it go. They were like, no, sorry, we're not letting you scrub her. And I don't know why, but I appreciate it. Because now it's allowed me to do what I'm doing now, which I control my own world now, which is where I'm yep. happiest. Exactly. Um, exactly. I want Andy yeah. Cohen's job, make no mistake. <laughs> well, I always say he is the ultimate housewife. Yeah. I mean, you know, why well, I said thirsty, on- Dana. Runner-up. He's thirsty. I have never seen him on Fire Island, but <laughs> he's a thirsty guy. <laughs> yeah, he did, you know, he would admit it. He would admit that he likes to be famous. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Well, and um, if I don't get this right, of course, I'll give the right credit. But I think it was No Filters Act. I'm pretty sure that was when Taylor was being interviewed. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. And I thought that was uh, it was great that he tried to push the question. Oh, no, I was. But so she happy. did what she, Yeah, she did what she always does, which is like basically kind of pretend like it, it never happened. Yeah. You know, like, oh, she's in Miami and then I moved to Colorado and then I lost that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, as we're nearing our end, I have to advocate for you because um, I unfollowed PK after what happened with you, Dana, because I'm sorry, but. Yeah, after he put, he said he was going to put me in the bottom of a lake. Like, yeah. Or, or PK, was it track? Like his <laughs> misogyny what? is just knows no bounds with you, Dana. And on your behalf, Dana, I'm here for you. And I do not want, know what's going on in his psyche, but he keeps coming for you. And I think that Dorit needs to have a conversation with PK. Well, it's, it is very strange. She likes his comments and thumbs them up and all that stuff. So she's obviously on board. I don't really get it myself. You know, it started off as the see you next Tuesday of the week. And then it, you know, evolved into, I look like Shrek and I'm the see you next Tuesday of the week again. And then it was uh, a joke about uh, a nosy see you next Tuesday at the bottom of a lake 
and I'm the bottom of the lake, I guess, because in the comments he was allegedly saying that, you know, I, I was about me or like laughing about it with other people that it was about me. Uh, you know, and then there's and of course, he's tight with Teddy Mellencamp and she has come for me a few times in different ways, mm. which I'm cool with. I actually get why Teddy did um, a little better than PK. I don't really get his, yeah. you know, he likes to say that, you know, I'm, I'm somehow gossiping about him in a way that um, isn't like factual and it's just not the way that I do things. Like everything I do, I back up with my points of fact, right? Or yeah, you have receipts. Yeah, I'll say like I'm not sure about this. I don't. But I often don't believe stuff, and I'll debunk it for mm -hmm. people. Like you know, I'll say this is what the fans believe, and it's this, and then I'll say, but I believe that if I bother to do it. Sometimes we're having like a silly show, and I don't care. We're just having fun. But there's you know you know when there's something that comes up and someone asks me of my opinion, just like I did with the Lisa Barlow conversation from tonight, I anchor it into real things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that I have my own experience, and so I don't just like talk shit. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you're just not pulling things from thin air. Yeah, I'm like you know I'm like whatever, and I have a lot of knowledge. I have yeah, a you're lot not of like knowledge. Lisa has some kind of conspiracy with Taco Bell. Yeah, no, I'm not, right. Well, maybe she's getting a product placement opportunity with Taco Bell. I mean, I just have to say, I need to know what her non-workout is to maintain that experience with fast food. Oh, I know. I mean, I, again, I'm not buying what she's selling. <laughs> no, I'm like, I think there's, I think there's some workout regimen happening. Like, uh, I'm sorry. Anytime someone with like a ripped body is like, I, I eat Taco Bell every day and I don't work out. I'm like, just shove it. Okay. Cause yeah. you know, that girl is like getting up at six before anyone is awake and working out totally and doesn't eat Taco Bell. Like, well, that's I'm like, maybe does. by saying getting Taco Bell, you're like eating one of those cinnamon twists. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I like, I don't know. Like, how do you say you're not really eating Taco Bell <laughs> while eating Taco Bell? No, I know, I know. Well, this Dana, I have to ask you one last question if you'll let me. Of course, babe. Okay. Oh, I want to say one thing yes, really go quick. Ahead. Go ahead. You know, the upcoming season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is coming up and there's a new cast member coming on, which is uh, Diana Jenkins. Mm. And she is the Rosetta's, uh, the Rosetta Stone of all gossip. Okay. Ooh. okay. Now I did a, a deep dive on her. It's in the patron, uh, but I did a two hour special that I haven't released yet, but it's coming out May 11th, right, right around May 11th. So you would just get ready because this is it. This is everything. Like this is, She's next level shit, okay? Oh, I am so ready, Dana. And hopefully you will come back to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room in the late summer once Beverly... Wait, no, Beverly Hills, it won't be finished until the fall, right? No, it's supposed to come out in May. May, okay. But when will the season end? Oh, which one? What do you mean? Like, when will Beverly Hills... Like, when will their new reunions happen? Oh, that'll be late. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Okay, well, if you are available, Dana, you are welcome back to 
I'm oh my God, about Andrew, it. like I would ever let you just, I'm going to be like, you put me on your show right now. I've got oh, this <laughs> the same goes for me too, Dana. If you just need me to like, first of all, wait, how old is Casey now? I have to be careful. Oh, Casey Hanley. He's yes. like your age. Wait, or I like, thought he was like 20. No. Oh my God. He's going to love you. I'm going to, first okay, of so all, Casey, Casey your... my producer. I yeah, just your producer. Drama, Dana. And yeah, he's, yeah. He's uh, very cute and he's like in his, I think he's maybe late twenties, early thirties. And okay, well, <laughs> I will come on and meet Casey as a blind date, Dana. Um, <laughs> he's, yeah, you should crush on Casey. He's totally a good crush. Well, and he's everyone- responsible too. <laughs> and I feel like everyone who I am connecting with, they're all going to Miami. I'm like, wait, am I being drawn to Miami? Yeah, Miami is, I mean, it's so fun. So, and actually well, Casey yeah. was just there and I wasn't. I was in Massachusetts and Casey was in Miami and I'm like, wow, that's ironic. I said, did you plan that? <laughs> Trying to avoid I love me. Massachusetts though, Dana. I am a Salem fan. Like I will live in Salem. I love the history. But again, Dana has a lot of cool um, Salem Patreon content. I do. Um, I do. And I, I did the there's like a, a movement called identifying as a witch that's happening in Danvers and Salem in that area. That's the old Salem. And then there's um, this other thing. There's like, a uh, you know, they've gotten really defined the Wicca religion. It's like a whole nother thing. There's like all these it's like it's it's its own world there even like. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a cool, cool place. And I had a family vacation for the first time in the Berkshires this summer, which was really nice. But um, yeah, that's a good, that's like a great holiday. I'm going to East Hampton this <gasps> summer. Yes, you need to reach out to me, Dana. I will like- Oh, I will. I will Don't meet you worry. and David. Like I'm only 40 minutes to the Hampton, so. Oh so. yeah. Oh yeah, no, but definitely. wait, so my last question is this. Out of all of the Housewives franchise franchises, which I don't know how we can keep track of them all, um, which one would you want to go in just to maybe start something or, you know, have your quirkiness on display? Like which franchise would you want to jump into right now? Well, now, you know, why I'm pissed about ultimate girls trip season yeah. two, which I was not in. That was the only one I would have ever done. So the only one, like people were DMing me and they're like, look, they're doing a friends of, you should tell and try to make up with Andy all this time. It's like, I'm never going on the friends of show. Like what, like, are you serious right now? Like, come on. It's just the only reason to go on that show is to have an authentic friendship because that's good TV. I promise you it's better than manufactured stuff. Okay. Take yeah. it from me. Second of all, there was a reason the first, you know, few seasons of the shows are the best because it isn't just that it's new. It's that, that it is real. And that's why it's awesome. It's like crazy. No, it's and, true. Um, it's true. It is. And so that the reason I would have done Ultimate Girls Trip is I could have been true to myself hmm. and I could have gone on it and they could have been like, Taylor, I really resent you for trying to like not for not being a friend for me like I was you and I'd go on to Brandy and I'd say Brandy I really don't understand like why you keep getting plastic surgery and what the hell is wrong with you like love yourself like stop messing with your face like I'm not gonna step into that Dana but <laughs> if you listen google it what can I tell you okay yeah, I mean yeah. you know it <laughs> yeah Brandy is a vibe 
That's how I'll put it. Um, but and who's afraid of Brandy? <laughs> no. Well, the thing is, like, I can see her calculatedness, and it frightens me. Yeah, I am a she's little. She's actually frightened. not. She's not that calculated. She's just says anything. She just doesn't care at all. Yeah. So she, she wants it's to be just, in the limelight. And, and that's okay. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it, but if you dish it out, honey, you better be able to take it. So and boy, true. does she dish it, let me tell you. So, so you know, that's yeah. why I have no guilt in this conversation about her face. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, moving from Randy to conclude, you are always traveling around. Like I know now you're traveling to Florida again, but like which city, do you feel the most comfortable in? Or are you just a nomad, Dana? Like you like the nomadic life. I do. I like to, I really like to travel. And to, I did that for work. I was all over the world for my work. Um, I, you know, I used to do uh, product placement in films and I ran an ad agency for a while and I did a whole bunch of different stuff. And so, uh, you know, I did events and sun like can. And then, you know, so for me, I love new cultures and people and partying in different places with different people. And, you know, I get sick of things really quickly. Mm. Yeah, no, I want to be challenged. Relate. Yeah, I yeah. want to be challenged, like yeah. challenge me. And that's when I'm afraid or like I don't feel comfortable or like, oh, my gosh, should I do that? That's when I need to do it. Like, mm. I've got to do what I'm afraid of because that's when I'm going to grow. I hate being a stagnant human. It drives me nuts. Wow. Well, again, Dana delivering the wisdom. You always Oh, my do, gosh. Dana. What has gotten into me, Andrew? <laughs> you do, though. Well, thank you so much, Dana, again. The door I is open. Yoda. I, I should have worn my Yoda pajamas for tonight's show. <laughs> But I want you back again. We're going to do it once Beverly Hills is out and we can just yeah, figure we'll do out what's... Wait, what? We can, we can do a commentary, like a commentary one. I would love that. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, you have to be judgy, though. It's not fun if you're not a little judgy. I'll be a little more judgy when I'm not, you know, in my hosting role. If I'm just relaxing with some rosé and seeing Casey... Oh, I'm going to make, don't worry. I'll tell you what, on the next one, we'll invite Casey in so you can flirt with him. Okay. 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 <laughs> there you go. That'll be a little more, uh, That'll know, be good. I love it. He'll I'll be a little it. more sassy. Okay. Perfect. Oh Bring it. Bring it, sis. Bring it. <laughs> well, our listeners have gotten a treat. Um, <laughs> hopefully they are in, indulging in um, rosé or whatever your beverage is of choice. Um, if you're having coffee right now, you're probably running up the wall. Um, so <laughs> thank you so much, Dana. This was just wonderful. It's wonderful to talk with you. Um, yeah, you made my dreams come true, literally. Andrew, you're too kind to me, honest to gosh. I need to think of something to say wrapping this up. Let's see. Um, how about... Um, I know, I know. Uh, did you know? Go ahead, say it. You got to say what? What? Tell me. What? What? Tell me. Okay. Did you know? Twenty five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's how we have to end. Okay. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Mwah. 
We hope you enjoyed this Ivory Tower Boiler Room or True Crime in Academia episode. You can watch our video versions of our episodes on patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room. Join at the price of an iced coffee or join as an ivory tower member and get some of our exclusive merchandise. I could not be here without an amazing team. So I'm Andrew Rimby, the executive director, and I am joined with Mary DePippi, our chief contributor, who hosts True Crime in Academia. It comes out on Tuesdays. Jaren Usta is our marketing director, and our two interns are Nicole Arguello and Kimberly Dallas. And I'm actually here with Mary. So Mary, where can they follow us on social media? You can find us on TikTok and Instagram at Ivory Tower Boiler Room. On Twitter, we are at Ivory Boiler Room. And then just search the Ivory Tower Boiler Room on Facebook, and you can like our page there. Wonderful. And we... Mary and I and the whole team hope you all are healthy and happy. And we can't wait to join you and, you know, have you all join us in the ivory tower boiler room next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.